everybody. You are listening to the Handle Your Scandal podcast. I'm your host, Mara Watkins. And today I have a guest with me. Her name is Danielle, aka Danny, one of my good law school friends. She's not only a law student, but she's getting her dual degree at Boyd School of Law and then Lee Business School. So she's getting a JD and an MBA, which is just Woo! Props to her. And then she's also originally from Pennsylvania and moved to Vegas for undergrad at UNLV. And, you know, of course, every few episodes we talk about how awesome Vegas is. So she just decided to stay, of course. No, I'm just kidding. But Danny, welcome. Thanks for coming on the show today. Hi, Mara. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, like Mara said, my name is Danielle. I go by Danny. It really depends on the professional setting. Uh, depending on how professional I'm trying to be. But yes, I moved here from Pennsylvania. I've been here for six years now. So I've, I guess I've become a desert rat. Uh, For those people, (laughs) for the people that care about astrology, I am a Pisces. Do with that what you will. I am also a massive nerd. I grew up on Harry Potter, Star Wars, and all of that stuff. So I love nerdy things. I am an ambivert, which is a mixture of an extrovert and an introvert. So certain settings I thrive in, and then other times I just want to be homebody. I can totally then, see that for you, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's a big thing. Like, there's certain things where I'm just, like, super great at it. And then there's other times where I'm just like, I would rather not be around people. <laughs> Um, and then just a little uh, weird thing about me is that for those who believe in this, I'm a psychic empath, which is really interesting. <laughs> Wait, what is that? So basically an empath is a person who can feel other people's energies oh, uh, and stuff okay. like that. And then just like the whole psychic part of it is like I can walk into a room and immediately like assess it and know like if it's not a good thing at all. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, no, I definitely am glad I don't have that as ability. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it sucks. <laughs> it sounds like overwhelming, right? Especially like during times like this. Yeah, during times like this, it sucks. Uh, during times like finals, uh, I found out that I have to sit in the back corner of a room to not feel everybody else's anxious energy. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's what totally yeah. makes sense. Oof, those, listen. Those <laughs> <laughs> That energy is always just super weird. I usually just try to listen to like a super pump song before I do that. But all right. Thanks for telling us a little bit more about yourself. We actually haven't talked in a really long time. You know, everyone's been super busy adjusting to the shenanigans going on in the world, the chaos, and just law school being law school, and you're also in getting your MBA. Yeah, degree. <laughs> yeah. So what have you been up to lately? Let's chat. Yeah, so a lot of it has been schoolwork and just working. I do work part-time, so that does take up a good chunk of my time. And then schoolwork, trying to adjust to the whole online thing. Uh, But I also, like many other people, I bought a Switch. So I've been playing a lot of video games. And it's just kind of been a lot of focusing on myself. Like I went through a big change in December, so I started 2020 uh, kind of on a fresh start and I've been focusing on myself and just being the best version of me. We love to hear it. Um, I feel like it's always good like if you do have to go through a big change to go through it in December or somewhere either December or like around your birthday just because it's like this new fresh energy where you're like you know what that's that we gonna leave that where it is and new month or new whatever new year new me even though some people hate that i'm super a fan of it sometimes but that's just me it i was gonna say yeah, i was definitely like a big like 
new year new me kind of thing and now we're all just stuck inside but you know I'm still working on myself so that's all that matters <laughs> right yeah we definitely did not have this on our vision boards that's for sure um not at all so Danielle let's talk a little bit Ooh, that even felt weird I'm just going <laughs> yeah that's fine <laughs> um, so Danny what made you choose to leave Pennsylvania and come to undergrad at UNLV in Vegas let's talk about that because you know that's like Midwesty, right that's like Midwest East it's Coast, East. it's yeah like it's it's East Coast like right on the verge of Midwest depending on who you talk to yeah because I know like people consider Ohio the Midwest but I don't but like people are like, yeah I don't is. either <laughs> so I don't know if uh, Pennsylvania falls in that same thing but yeah so two totally different cultures of like living two different like you know what I'm saying like what made you yeah, decide yeah. to come all the way over here so a lot of it was me just wanting to get out of Pennsylvania I was born in Ohio raised in Pennsylvania lived there for 17 years I was tired of the snow I hate snow it looks pretty but once you have to shovel ice off your car you hate it um, <laughs> that's just like my mom. My mom hated the snow. It sucks. The first but yeah, so I, she had to get out of there. She left. But yeah, that's basically kind of how it was too. Uh, but I also have an older brother who's exactly four and a half years older than me, and he went to Penn State, and that was kind of one of my only options if I were to go to college in Pennsylvania was either Penn State or uh, University of Pittsburgh, because uh, I'm from the Pittsburgh area. And I just, I didn't want to do it. I wanted to have something change. I wanted to get my mom closer to her family and her family lives out here, uh, like Nevada, Oregon, Arizona, uh, and still in Hawaii. So I wanted to get her closer to them. Uh, so I made the drastic decision of wanting to go to undergrad in Vegas. I only applied to UNLV. I had a lot of naysayers and doubters thinking I wasn't going to get in, but I did. <laughs> um, and the fun thing about choosing UNLV is that I was very much a go-getter in high school, and I knew I wanted to go to law school before I even knew where I wanted to go to undergrad. So I actually looked at Boyd Law School prior to looking at UNLV, and I decided to go to UNLV based on the fact that it had Boyd Law School. Oh, wow. I never knew that about you. Wow. Yeah, it's a little little crazy, but no, it I all mean, worked out. Hey, you knew what you were going to do. I don't think there's anything with having a plan. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having a plan and sticking to it. <laughs> Very true. I've, I've definitely been determined. I knew since like my sophomore year of high school that I wanted to do law school. So it's been a long time coming. Wow. I'm just learning so much about you already and then you just started. Um, so I know you just said, right, that you always knew you wanted to go to law school before you even chose where you wanted to do undergrad. That's kind of how you chose where you're doing undergrad. But yeah. what made you decide to pursue your MBA in addition to your law degree? Like, that's a whole nother thing to do. And, you know, we both know how hard law school <laughs> is. So tell me about that decision-making process and how you decided that was going to be the next step that you took. Yeah, it is a whole nother thing, a whole nother field of work and everything. Uh, I think a lot of what influenced it is that prior to law school, for about six to eight months, I worked for a larger corporation and I worked in their marketing department. So I got to see a lot of 
the legal side of things and uh, some of the issues that larger corporations face uh, and stuff like that. And I realized that it sparked a really big interest in me. So I decided I was going to not only focus on business law while I'm in law school, I wanted to also get my master's in business administration uh, because not only does it help kind of boost me up in the world, essentially, of the legal field, um, kind of giving me better opportunities, but say there's a day where maybe I want to retire from practicing from law, but I'm not fully ready to retire, but I could still use all of the business insights and everything that I know and a degree in going to the business world of things. So it definitely has a dual purpose of benefiting me in the legal field and also providing me with another career outpost if I so choose to go that way. Yeah, that's super true. I never thought of it that way. Like, I mean, I always tell people like, I don't know, like, you never know how long you're actually going to practice law and if you're going to burn out or whatever. So like having that extra degree is definitely really smart. I kind of sometimes wish I had done the same, but knowing me, I'm like, I probably would have been like, uh, no thanks. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it definitely is a lot to structure and figure out, but uh, it's, it's going to be worth it in the end. So it's, I'm glad I did it. No, I'm super glad you did it. I'm super proud of you too. Cause listen, like I said, I don't think I could have done it. Obviously I couldn't have, that's why I did it. <laughs> but how did adding the MBA to your plate shift your law school experience? Like, I know, like, just for me and you, like, I see you way less. I mean, I still see you around, but like, obviously, yeah. <laughs> like way less than when you were just doing law school. So tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so you are definitely right. I see my law school buds a lot less, which is kind of sad because we all spent our first year together. Uh, so just kind of like we're all growing up in our second year and see each other less because of different class schedules and then job responsibilities and all that stuff. But I, I do have a couple of my law school friends who are also in the dual degree program. So we've been in classes together. Um, but yeah, I definitely have to structure the way that I take my classes differently. Uh, the way that the program works is that I have to take 10 less law school credits and 10 less MBA credits uh, to get both degrees. So I think I'm at 80-30, I believe, is the separation. Um, so 80 law school, 30 MBA. And it's just a matter of probably doing three law school classes to make sure I still get my scholarship applied and then two MBA classes. And it does push my graduation back a semester late. So instead of graduating with our incoming class in spring of 2021, I'll be graduating in December of 2021, which really isn't, it's sad because I won't be graduating with all my friends, but at the same time, I'm perfectly okay with it because that's what I chose to do. And since I graduated undergrad early, I'm okay with graduating law school late. Right. The perfect balance. How long did it take you to graduate undergrad again? So undergrad was three and a half years. So only a semester early. So basically taking that extra semester and adding it to my law school career. There you go. Like I said, perfectly balanced. Works out great. Me, I did not do either of those. <laughs> I actually took five years to graduate undergrad, but... Whatever, I Honestly, just didn't, I didn't want to leave San Diego, so that was my excuse. <laughs> say, yeah, and sometimes it is better to take a longer time to do it because there were a lot of times during undergrad where I probably overloaded myself. I think I took like 18 or 19 credits one semester Oof. while also planning things. So I definitely pushed myself to the limit when I did that. Man, that's 
I, I think the most I've ever taken of units at, in undergrad or anywhere is like 15, maybe. So that just exhausted me hearing you say that. <laughs> yeah, um, it was very exhausting. But yeah, so now that you are also taking these business classes, what would you say is like the most interesting business class you've taken in comparison to the most interesting law school class that you've taken? Ooh, so I think the most interesting MBA class that I've taken so far, uh, I've only taken three at this point because I started the program this fall or this past fall. Uh, So the one that I'm taking right now, finishing up because it is finals, uh, was leadership, individuals, and teamwork for one of the MBA classes, basically teaching you how to be a leader in the business world and all that fun stuff. And the only reason I found it really interesting is that uh, we had a good chunk of law students, the dual degree law students in that class, and we all sat in the back row. And the professor just kind of always questioned us because we basically went through without paying attention in the class and we were still doing really good. And he would try to catch us off guard by asking these questions. And it's just like, you're trying to mess with law students. Like we're always prepared to answer questions because we go through cold calling. So it was just kind of funny to see his reactions when we were like ready to answer at the drop of a hat after not paying attention for a solid 20 minutes. I don't condone not paying attention in class, but it was a pretty easy class. So Listen, it happens sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> and then in comparison to law school, I actually had to go back and look at what classes I've taken for law school because they, they all just blur together at this point. Uh, but I'm taking gaming law this semester, and I think it was just really interesting because it helped me understand kind of the backbone of Nevada Uh, Like we mentioned at the top of this, I've only been here for six years, so the longer I'm here, the more I'm learning about the city, the state, how everything works, and I think just learning about gaming law definitely helped me understand the legality behind that, and there's just a lot of interesting connections and history to it, which is really cool. I definitely agree. I took a resort in casino law class last semester, not this semester, and it was like one of the more interesting classes just because you know I grew up here so the strip is literally like the thing so it was really interesting learning that so I definitely could see like as someone who's trying to you know live in Vegas I think I think right you're gonna stay here um I mean yeah for the time being I'm definitely gonna start practicing out here but then you know I'm totally open to whatever happens with life and wherever the world takes me but for the time being I am going to be a quote-unquote Las Vegas native (laughs) Yeah, I feel like you have, I feel, I don't want to say you have to, but I feel like going to Boyd, it definitely best serves you to stay in Vegas, at least for the first part of your career, but. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I'm, I'm planning on taking the bar here, doing everything, starting out here, because uh, I do want to build my lawyer life <laughs> starting out here. And then, uh, like I said, if anything happens where I end up moving or the life takes me certain places, then so be it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I'm on the same wavelength as you, Danny. So just to keep, you know, talking about law school, I feel so bad because like my podcast is not like an official law school podcast, but just because of the current stage of my life that I'm in, most of my guests are also in law school, but it's cool. Um, if you're not in law school, you can still learn a lot from people in school or in law school or whatever. We all go through life still, right? So speaking of law school, though, <laughs> keeping it on this um safe 
same path of discussion. You were elected next year's president of OWLS, which for those of you who don't know what that stands for, it's the Organization of Women Law Students. So congrats, by the way. I mean, I told you that already when I saw it, but congrats. (laughs) And I, just from knowing you, this organization has always meant a lot to you. I've known that since you joined it, just from watching you talk about it, watching you plan these events. So why are you so passionate about this student organization? Um, Tell me what like sparked your passion for that. So a lot of what sparked my passion was partly the people who were on the executive board uh, during our first year of law school. Uh, Some of them were just really cool women and they really showed the whole organization. It really just shows women that they are as equally powerful or even more powerful than men in the law. And uh, unfortunately, there's still discrimination that happens in the field of law. Of course, it's kind of like the old boys game where men are uh, historically attorneys more than women are, but women are becoming attorneys more and more. And it just, it's something that sparked a lot of me. Like, yeah, it's just, it's really cool to be a part of something that empowers women, uh, not, not only to just be really awesome women, but also to be awesome woman attorneys. And we get to connect with other attorneys in the city. And uh, I think one of the things that really sparked, like, my own feeling of empowerment is I was given a task my first, uh, second semester of law school, so first year, second semester, to plan an event. And it was a woman in power event. So that already like terrified me in a way because I was just like, oh my gosh, like I am personally contacting these people to have them as guests at the law school and I have no idea what they're going to say. But the really cool thing about Nevada and there being only one law school is that a lot of attorneys or elected officials are so more than willing to come to the law school for events. So that first event, I had the Secretary of State for Nevada, I had a state justice, I had a local judge come and it was just like seeing how cool it was seeing the recognition that came from the dean of the law school from the community from uh, all the students that got to go it just really showed me that it's something that's really important for students because uh, it's never something that you think of before going to law school like oh I'm going to go to these lunches and meet these awesome people but there's so many great ways to make connections that way um, and that's kind of what lit a fire under me basically to keep going with it and I just love everything that the organization does for the school um, it's not just putting on events like we do cute little things called boo grounds and valentine grounds which are cute little candy bags with related puns on them that students can give to each other uh we do fundraising so we do stuff for three square other oh god i can't think other organizations in nevada uh we do dress for success drives where we collect professional clothes that students might have grown out of or they're just not wearing anymore uh, and we donate that to different areas and we also did the project 150 dress drive which lets people um lets high school students get prom dresses for free which is really cool and i know that a lot of our students have random formal dresses because we have things like black and white which is a fall dance and barristers so i know that i have a whole bunch of dresses just sitting in my closet uh, and I know that they're good to they're going to go to a good home for all of these young women who want prom dresses 
Yeah, I will say, I mean, I'm a member of OWLS as in I pay dues, but I'm, I definitely could stand to be more involved in everything that OWLS does. But, you know, law school is law school. You do what you can where you can, right? But I've always exactly. admired all the different opportunities that OWLS gives to its members. Um, even if I don't go to all of these things that are offered, it's just nice to know that they are being offered and the impact in the community as well. I think it's a really important organization in a space that, you know, you touched on has historically been um, old boys club. I think that was the term you used. Definitely that. Yes. <laughs> um, so I think that's a really important space to have for women law students. So you mentioned your woman in power event. And I remember seeing all of your guys's um, pictures and stuff from that. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that is so like. I was so proud of you guys as our little baby 1L year. Um, would you say that that was the event you're most like proud of since joining? Or do you have any other events that come to mind? So that definitely was my big thing. Uh, that was insane to me that I could just reach out to these people and just be like, hey, do you want to come to the law school and talk to students for free and maybe get some food out of it? But yeah, like I said, there's so many people in the community that are willing to come to the law school because they want to be able to share their experiences with us. That way we have kind of a stepping stone on how we should go about our careers. But I am also proud of our GRIT project. Uh, it's something that I've helped with the past two years. We do it in the spring, and I'm very thankful that we were able to uh, put it on this year before everything happens. But basically, it connects our women law students with, again, like attorneys, judges, people in the legal field out here, and it tests your grit. So grit is basically the personal attribute that you have kind of when you are in the legal field, kind of like, are you able to handle some of these tough things? Are you able to handle the amount of work that you're given? Do you know how to stand up for yourself without essentially blacklisting yourself? Uh, so I think just having two successful years of that, and hopefully next year, a third successful year of that is uh, definitely something I'm proud of. That also just sounds amazing. Honestly, I'm just so inspired by Owls, and I'm super excited to witness your presidency. Like, I know you're going to just bring it to the next level, and I love that. And, yeah, I'm just super excited for you and Owls, and maybe I'll actually find my time to stop in a little bit more than once every few weeks. <laughs> Shame on me. But, no, um, are you in any clubs at Lee Business School by any chance? I am not. That is, uh, when I when I first joined the program, they gave us like a list of like all these different clubs and all these different things you can do. And there's a thing called the Medallion Program where basically if you attend a certain amount of certified events that the business school puts on, you get a medallion when you graduate. And uh, basically shortly into doing both degrees, I realized I would not have time to be involved in any clubs or even the medallion program just because it would be something that would be too overwhelming for me time-wise and I would be stretching myself thin at that point. Yeah, you know, you got to know your limits. You got to know, you know, but it's good that you have that sense of self-awareness. I feel like a lot of people um, we interact with don't necessarily always have that and people like spread themselves really thin. 
and sometimes you know they get really overwhelmed and I think it's really good to be able to say like oh no I can be involved in this way but in this way it's just not gonna happen so that's really cool that you um are at that point because it takes some of us longer than others to get to that point I definitely probably barely got to that point oh yeah I definitely I got to that point shortly before law school so uh probably in my last semester of undergrad I kind of came to that realization and I finally learned how to balance myself in a way that didn't overwhelm myself and that's called personal growth (laughs) we love to see it we love growth (laughs) so you mentioned your job a little bit earlier that you're working part-time as well as doing all this other stuff which is just hats off to you um (laughs) so can you tell me a little bit more about your job if you're allowed to I mean I know we work in the legal field, so sometimes people just don't talk about that. But if you feel comfortable sharing, could you maybe share what it is that you do? Of course. Yeah, I can definitely talk a little bit about it. Um, I'm obviously not going to say who I work for just because, you know, keeping things safe. Um, but a lot of what I do is art technology. So that is assisted reproductive technology. It is a lot of things that have to do with IVF, uh, surrogacy, things of that nature. So that's kind of basically my day-to-day, working with those clients who are going to be the parents of the child that a surrogate is carrying, or even being the attorneys for the surrogates, just because there are a lot of uh, legal matters that do come with it. Uh, Getting the birth certificate in the correct name, so uh, it definitely is a lot of little nuanced things. And then I also do a lot of business things as well. I've helped with company mergers, um, reopening businesses, writing bylaws uh, for businesses. So it definitely is kind of all over the board, but it also goes together at the same time. And I have so much, I've gotten so much experience in such a short amount of time. And I also have a lot of responsibility, which I think is really cool because it is a way to learn how to function in the legal field without messing up. (laughs) Yeah, super important, especially, you know, when we're baby lawyers, we're already going to have that anxiety about it. So I figure the more experience you have, just having a lot of responsibility, the better, right? Well, I'd be careful with with that because responsibility is good, but it it is one of those things where don't overboard yourself with responsibilities because that can be overwhelming. But uh, thankfully, I uh, work for a very great attorney and within probably a few weeks of working, Uh, where I work, I gained a lot of respect from a lot of the other attorneys and assistants that we correspond with. And I think that was kind of just like the realization of like, oh, hey, like I'm actually working in the legal field. This is kind of cool. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. You know, just um, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's just me, but I feel like like when I first came to law school, it was just such an abstract thing, you know, like even having an internship in undergrad, it just was like such an abstracting like oh one day I'm gonna be an attorney you know and then when you finally get put in these positions when you are given these actual real life law responsibilities it's like no I can do this you know like yes I'm terrified because you know I'm still a law student or I'm still learning a lot about the law but no I am capable of doing these things you know it's kind of affirming in a way yeah it really is so switching gears a little bit because we've been talking about the law for like almost 30 minutes Um, That's what happens. We're both law students. I mean, hello. (laughs) It's like our whole lives, right? It really is. Another fun fact about Danny that I actually 
barely learned when I was getting ready for this episode is that Danny dedicated 10 years of her life to being trained in piano. And I just think that is so cool. My mom wanted me to play piano so bad when I was a kid. She said I had the perfect hands for it, which I don't even know what that means, but she bought me a keyboard. <laughs> I never, I played it like once or twice. She sold it. Anyways, but you are trained in piano for, you trained in piano for a decade, right? Like, yeah. tell me what that was like. Like, that just sounds so cool to me. Yeah, so I uh, I was put into it as a young kid. I don't remember saying I wanted to do piano. I remember my mom giving me the choice of continuing ballet lessons or doing piano lessons. And I swear all my life I said ballet because I was just like, I'm tall, I'm skinny, I want to be a dancer. I can't dance worth anything. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I ended up being put into piano lessons. Uh, they were classical piano lessons. And basically in the first couple of months, I excelled from the beginner level to like a moderate level really fast, uh, just because I had this natural innate talent for it. Uh, and I think that's why I got put into piano lessons because my I grew up with my grandma and my grandma had a piano in the house. And being the rambunctious little kid that I was, I would always be playing on the piano and like usually whenever that happens your ears bleed because kids are just like hitting every single key but everyone swore that I was making music when I did it so (laughs) they put me in and uh, it just became it became a part of my life so it was every Monday at a certain time I would drive to my piano's teacher house I would have lessons and then I would go home and I would have to practice at least an hour every single day Uh, So it really was just a part of my life. Um, I'm grateful for it because it taught me, it helped me with my typing skills. Uh, Weird enough, (laughs) but uh, I'm a very fast typer because of it. Um, But it definitely was a big part of my life. Uh, We would have recitals and it just, it was, I don't know. I don't know how to word it, but like other than it being a big part of my life. um, But yeah, it definitely took up a lot of time. And as I got into high school, I was more and more involved in school where I was spending 14-ish hours a day at the school. So my time was kind of spread thin because it was a 45-minute drive to my piano teacher's house at that point and trying to balance still going to lessons but still making practices for something at school just kind of became overwhelming. So as much as I would have liked to continue on till my senior year of high school, which is when everybody kind of like ages out of my uh, old piano teacher's lessons, I, I had to make the decision to... Uh, end it my freshman year of high school. So at that point, I had been playing for 10 years just because the the circumstances, circumstances surrounding everything just kind of uh, weren't working out. Yeah, so that must have been really hard, like a really hard decision to make, right? Because you really just, I assume that you really loved it if you did it for 10 years. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. No, I definitely, I definitely did love it. Um, I really loved making music because it is you are making music you are finding uh different ways on this keyboard to put notes together um and I have been very musically involved basically my entire life so that was also a part of it but yeah definitely was hard um going to my piano teacher and saying like I have to quit lessons because like at that point like I was still an anxious little teenager so having to confront big issues like that was really hard because my mom made me do it on my own which who sucked but I did it (laughs) um 
and like I felt bad because it was something that I wanted to continue doing and my piano teacher was such a wonderful woman and she obviously taught me so much and I was like I, I hate having to do this but it definitely sucked and there are times where I do regret not doing it but then again that was I think probably the first time I recognized uh, not to overspread myself and I mean I still have the skills I'm a little rusty but I can get a piece of music out and pluck it along until I can uh, get the fingers flowing again. Well, that's a super cool skill to have, you know? One thing I always tell people is I wish I could play an instrument. Like, that's the only thing, like, growing up I was super, like, into sports and all of that, but I never learned how to play any instruments because I just, I'm one of those people, like, I don't like things that take forever to get good at. I just want to be good at it already, and obviously instruments are not like that. <laughs> so I just never got into it as a kid, but I do wish I had because I think it's such a cool skill to have to be able to just play music, especially for, you know, what are people doing right now? Like music is just such a like healing thing or like just such a way to like use time and, you know, connect with yourself and others. So I definitely wish I could play an instrument. And I think that's super cool. Would you say that um, your training for piano, would you say that that helped you or like held you back in regards to like becoming the person that you are like not held you back but just um do you think there are things you missed out on growing up that maybe you wouldn't have if you didn't train for piano if that makes sense yeah that makes sense um I'll start with helping me helping me definitely it gave me a form of self-discipline there were definitely times where I just utterly hated having to practice at home and I didn't want to, but it was kind of just one of those things where like I had to do it, um, which kind of sounds bad saying it that, that way, um, but it definitely helps with my discipline, my focus, um, and it definitely was an outsource or a release of any emotions that I might have been feeling or anxiety or anything, because that's something that as soon as you focus on the keys, focus on the music, like you're only focusing on that. So that definitely helped in that aspect. Um, hindering, I do think it hindered uh, some personal growth, uh, just because I was always told practice makes perfect, which is a, a big thing for anybody in the music industry or really anything like uh people really enjoyed saying practice makes perfect practice makes perfect and that's one thing that has always bugged me because practice doesn't really make perfect because there's no thing as perfect right. like you'll get yeah like you'll get good experience you'll get really good at something but even the best people at a certain thing like the best pianist like they can still mess up so they're obviously not perfect <laughs> um, but just kind of that mindset being uh, I don't want to say pushed, but it was pushed, like pushed on me for the whole decade. It definitely kind of uh, gave me that perfectionist mindset. Uh, so a lot of things for a good while was just everything has to be perfect. I have to do everything perfectly. So thankfully, I, I still deal with that to an extent, but I have mostly grown out of that. But uh, that's definitely one of the biggest things that has uh, still affected me to this day from it. Yeah, I feel like especially as children, being in something like that where, you know, perfection is the goal in, you know, just as adults, we now know, like, perfection doesn't exist, as you said. I feel like that would be really hard, and I could see how that would um, make you be super hard on yourself or super overcritical. Um, I know I never played an instrument, like I said, but, like, other things that I've done in life that 
you know, you do want to practice to be perfect, right? It, it does put that sense of like pressure on you. And it's really hard to like grow out of those feelings once you're an adult. Um, I know like, especially like coming into law school, that's something that I struggled with was just like, Oh, there I go again, talking about law school. But <laughs> <laughs> It happens. But yeah, no, I totally get that. Cause it's like, the first semester after our first midterms and our first finals, like it was a hit to the ego, Ooh, but I knew, yeah, well, <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. So I like, I kind of braced myself, but it was still a hit to the ego. Uh, but at this point I'm just like, I'm doing my best and that's what you're going to get. <laughs> Listen, as long as after I'm done with this whole thing, JD is behind my name and I pass the bar. I do not care about <laughs> anything else. At this point, right? We're almost, well, we're basically so close. a year and some, a year and yeah. some. But yeah, I know that since we're talking about um, piano and, you know, how even now you can still kind of play it as a hobby because you do have those skills. So I know there's other hobbies that you're trying to get into. Um, one of them being working out at home, which me personally, I am not a big workout at home girl. I miss the gym so much, so much. But what does your typical like home workout look like? Like now that you're trying to get into working out at home, I mean, we're all trying to get into working out at home. Like what do you usually do to work out at home? So working out at home is easier for me in a way. I still have that social anxiety when I go to gyms. Uh, So I'm trying to get myself to a point where I can like be in a gym and not feel like I'm running out of breath when I do the electrical. Um, but basically at home, I have this thing called the Simply Fit Board. Uh, so I guess the way to describe it, it looks like a Lazy Susan, but it's uh, lifted on the edges so you can swivel on it. And I have different workout circuits that I do with that. A lot of um, like abs, legs, uh, and even arms on it too. So I'm just trying to do like an overall body uh, cardio and just like little workouts through there. And then I also have a hula hoop that I work with. I have a yoga mat, so I'll do uh, occasionally do yoga. I have an ab roller because we like trying to make getting abs a lot easier. Listen, and... you know what? <laughs> I just tried an ab roller for the first time last week, and I never knew that it was basically Satan. Like it's. <laughs> It's like one of the hardest things I've ever had to try to do in my life. I could only do six of them in a row. And it was like, I didn't even go all the way out. It was just like, all right, this is as good as it's going to get today. Oh Oh, my goodness. (laughs) At a certain point, my arms are just like, please stop. Um, but yes, I have the app roller. I have, uh, oh, I'm like subscribed to a YouTube channel that is different workout dances and I really enjoy them cause they're fun. And I just, I take videos of myself in, uh, the time-lapse thing on the iPhone. So they go super fast. So that way, uh, I don't have to watch my awkward self dancing, but I can see like how awkward I am, uh, in a time-lapse mode. Cause it, kind of just like reaffirms like, hey, yeah, you're actually doing something and you also look really funny doing it. Uh, But that's kind of just like the gist of what I'm trying to do. Uh, The whole getting into a routine of doing it is definitely the hardest part. I had a habit of starting something, uh, starting some sort of workout routine and stopping it. And this has been 
a thing that has been ongoing for years. So that's uh, clearly my discipline does not apply to that, but I'm doing my best and I have everything uh, literally in plain view. I have a little workout corner in my room. So it's kind of a way of just like guilting myself into doing it. Like, oh, my workout's just there. I should probably do it. Yeah, no, that's super, um, super smart to have an insight. I feel like the guilt is a little bit more there if you ignore it, if it's insight. Like I have all of my workout stuff in my office space because that's where my dad is super into home workouts. He's also a Pisces. He hates the gym too. Oh my goodness. Like people don't- Wow, Pisces twins. <laughs> <laughs> no, like literally people don't believe in astrology, but sometimes things just connect. Like he literally- has bought like I'm super stocked for quarantine because I mean him and my mom have been married for almost no for like 21 years and since they've been married he's never had a gym membership like he's always been like I'm gonna work out at home I hate the gym the idea of going to the gym is just horrible so I'm like lucked out because of quarantine I have like these workout things but before this I thought he was kind of weird because I was like what do you mean you don't want to go to the gym like it's just the gym but apparently this is super common so believe in astrology people that's the main point of what I was trying to say yeah (laughs) believe Um, in astrology for your workout habits (laughs) no would you say I know you mentioned yoga and then like just working out like would you say like that this is a big part of like your wellness and like your self-care or do you have other things that you do for self-care because some people like for me working out is self-care For other people, working out is just working out and then they have other things that they turn to for self-care as well. Where where would you say that you fall in that? So it definitely is becoming more and more of self-care. I am just trying to implement it into my life. But there's been times over the past few weeks where uh, just dealing with online class chaos and professors being like unnecessarily sassy or just giving too much work, like I would get very worked up and I just like feel very frustrated because like we're all struggling through this and the fact that they're getting irritated at us students uh it it just kind of it was a frustrating moment and I was able to take that energy and just kind of like work it out so I'm definitely realizing the benefits of uh using workout as a release so I'm trying to keep reminding myself that it's good for me I need to keep doing it not only because it like it helps Uh, obviously with health but just like mental health as well it kind of uh, forces you to not focus on a minor uh, inconvenience and it lets you move past it or work out like any of that rage you have but it's it's not the only thing that I'm doing for my self-care and everything I do a lot of little paintings so I try to do it I try not to do a lot while I'm in school just because I have a whole setup and I hate having to put all of my art stuff away. But over winter break, I had a little journal where I did, it was a 30 page journal. I did a painting on every single page uh, during break. I recently just went and bought four different canvases. Uh, So I'm excited that once finals are done, I have a few ideas in mind. And it's something really nice where I can just sit and I can paint and I can listen to my favorite podcasts. Um, And it's definitely, it's a good way to relax and just not sit on my phone. And then of course, uh, I did buy a switch, which is really fun. (laughs) I love people who can paint. Like, (laughs) besides the whole instrument thing, if there was one other skill I wish I could like take from people, like... I would love to be able to paint and do stuff like that. I think it's so beautiful and I wish I could just like 
sit outside with the wind blowing and paint. So I think it's super like amazing that you have that option to be able to do that and you're super talented. I didn't, I don't wanna say I didn't know you were super talented because obviously like <laughs> you are super talented, but I didn't know you had all these other like secret talents. So I'm just I'm just a bag full of tricks. Yeah, you just, just got a lot of layers to you, and I appreciate it. Um, I definitely want to see your paintings, um, but I know some people are super personal about their art, so obviously. Oh no, I like, can I can totally take a picture of some of the things I have and send them to you. Yeah, totally. I love art. Um, I'm also trying to figure out how to decorate my room, so maybe if you have anything that goes with my color scheme or I oh girl totally I'm trying yeah. to get into my room and get it you know like when you have a room and you want to make it like homey oh yeah I never did that yeah. with my other room because it was like my high school room you know in high school you just throw pictures of like your favorite celebs and all the magazine pictures <laughs> up on the wall so like oh, I never plastered. really like decorated it because I left and then when I came back it was like oh eventually we're gonna move so I definitely want to make this room now that I have like an actual permanent room more homey so I'll be talking yeah. to you about that. Sorry, yeah. everyone. We'll talk after the <laughs> podcast about it. But I just love art. Personal compass. I love that. I love, you know, that self-care and just taking care of yourself, especially you, like, being able to have those outlets when you're, like, doing your JD and your MBA and working and you're, yeah, you're just doing a lot, girl. And I'm super, like, super proud of you, super inspired. But I know also with balancing all of these things, something I did know about you and that I do see in your Instagram stories often are your little pups. So, yes. <laughs> you know, you're like, if I could, like, sum up dog mom I would be like Danny like I just know that like your dogs are such a big part of your life because you're always posting them and they're just so cute so tell us a little bit about the pups people oh, love dogs so you. just talk about the yes pups. oh my gosh world get ready for this um, so I have two adorable little doggos I have a chawini which is a chihuahua terrier uh, not no wrong I ha I do have a Chihuahua Terrier. A Chihuahua is a Chihuahua Dachshund. Um, so I have a Chihuahua Dachshund. She is three years old. Her name is Dottie. She is the spazziest, sassiest little ball of energy, uh, but I love her dearly. Uh, both my dogs are rescues. We got them from Forgotten Friends Dog Rescue. Just a little plug right there for them because they're really awesome. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they're both rescues. Uh, the second one... Uh, like I said, when I uh, mistook uh, Chewini for Chihuahua Terrier, but the second one is a Chihuahua Terrier. She is a chunk, and I love it. Um, we feed them very nicely. They are not overfed. They don't get human food. Um, she's just a chunk because of the Terrier body, and her name is Kawhi. And she has a snaggle tooth, so whenever she smiles, it's just the cutest thing it ever. It is so cute. <laughs> Yeah, I just, oh gosh. And she has like a bottom tooth grin. So like if she's full on grinning, like her little bottom teeth come out and it's really cute. And she's more of a relaxed, chill one. Uh, when she lays down, she looks like a loaf, uh, which is fantastic. And I love it. But yeah, they are my two little babies. Um, Dottie's currently staring at me, questioning why I'm just talking into space. <laughs> um, Jewel does that all the time when I'm on the podcast, or she like comes and like you hear her little pitter patters, and I'm like, girl, please. Oh, yeah, it's I've I've been doing a lot of like video chatting lately, and she Dottie tries to get up all in my face. She's gotten more used to it, but she like gets up in my face whenever I'm on phone calls or anything because she doesn't understand why I'm talking and there's nobody here. <laughs> But, 
yeah, they are my, my worlds. Um, Dottie actually is a therapy dog, um, which is really cool. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're adorable. Um, I post them to my Insta stories. Uh, they get all the toys. They are spoiled. They are allowed to sleep in our beds. They have their own blankies. Um, I recently got new toys for them. My mom also got new toys for them. Uh, so I got little LaCroix toys for them and they're called Lick Croix. Love that is it. so cute. <laughs> it's so cute and it's so basic and it fits perfectly for my dogs. Um, and then my mom got them little seahorses. So we've just been having a new toy frenzy these past couple weeks. <laughs> That's so funny, LaCroix. <laughs> and it's uh, instead of Pumple Moose, it's Pumple Much. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I love LaCroix. I drink that like at least one a day. I'm trying to only drink one a day because, you know, um, the addiction is real. I get it. I'm not trying to, uh, <laughs> have to go to the grocery store in public more than I have to. But yeah, I'm super addicted to LaCroix. It's actually kind of ridiculous. What's your favorite flavor? Um, I'm a... Oh, God, there's so many flavors. There are so many flavors. <laughs> there's... Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, there's berry ones. Is there, I think there's a mango one. Yeah. Okay. I like I alternate between LaCroix and like different brands so I'm just like always trying different flavors but I do like good old mangoes um of course the classic lime is really good um almost all of them I like them except for like the plain one or the coconut one that's those are rough oh yeah I would (laughs) never think to drink a coconut one I just discovered like um I want to say it's either blackberry or blueberry cucumber one Oh, the blackberry cucumber. That's my favorite. It's literally like, I was like putting off trying it because I was like, cucumber, like that has to be with something I'm eating that's like, needs something fresh, you know, because cucumber. But I, yeah. heard, I didn't read that it was something and cucumber. I just read it as cucumber, like pepino. And I was like, okay, um, I'll wait to try that one. And then I tried it and I was like, this is the best thing I've ever drank in yeah. a long time. It's Black, so good. Yeah. Blackberry cucumber is the mood. Like, uh, so so if anybody ever wants to surprise me with those, uh, feel free. <laughs> Listen, all the gifts, all the gifts. Our birthdays just passed both of ours because, you know, February True. <laughs> and March and April are behind us. But it's okay. Y'all want to give us LaCroix? We love it. I will never turn away the LaCroix. <laughs> But, Unless it's coconut. I'll turn that one away. Please do not give me coconut. I don't know. Do you like coconut water, actually? No. it's. I've tried to drink right. it before, and it's just... Like, I'm good with coconut milk being in drinks, mm-hmm. but I'm not I'm not cool with coconut water. I, um, I told Coconut someone, in general, I'm just not cool with it. <laughs> see, for me, it's like shaved coconut. It's a no. Coconut milk, yes. Like, coconut curry, love. But, like, coconut water just tastes like what I think an armpit would taste like, you know? Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's that's quite quite the taste. (laughs) I just can't. I just, like, I mean, I don't know what an armpit tastes like. Obviously, I'm not into that. You know, not shaming anyone that is. Not my thing. But (laughs) I just imagine that's what an armpit would taste like. It's coconut water. My best friend loves it, though. And she made me try it once. And I was like, this is literally disgusting. But... (laughs) Anyway, sorry. I just love LaCroix. I just sidetracked the whole interview that we were having, but no big deal. Um, It happens. (laughs) You know, just as we wrap up this episode, 
you know, you're currently balancing like getting your dual degree and, you know, owls and your student org involvement, part-time job where you have all this responsibility, being a dog mom to your two pups and working out in self-care. So how do you do that? Like, how do you handle your scandal, aka balance your busy life? So a lot of it is just kind of knowing when to stop. So this is something that I've been working on uh, past year and a half-ish. Just a little backstory. I uh, started doing therapy back in February 2019. So that's kind of what gave me a lot of my skills and everything to handle my scandal, basically. And one of the biggest things was just learning how to stop. So instead of uh, continuously reading something for homework, thinking like, oh, I need to get this done tonight. I will read. And then the moment where I know I'm starting to lose my focus or I'm starting to get tired, I'm like, all right, I will find a stopping point. I'm going to stop and put a pin in it and I'm going to come back to it because it's not going anywhere. So I, I don't have to finish it right away. And then even with like painting or things that help me relax, like uh, sometimes you just get frustrated with what you're painting and uh, you just kind of kind of want to walk away from it. Otherwise, you're going to ruin what you're doing. So it's just kind of it really is knowing when to stop. So I think that's been one of the best skills that I've obtained. Um, I've also just like different grounding techniques. Uh, So sometimes you're in a public place and you're just like trying to figure out your schedule for the week and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting overwhelmed. Like kind of just having something to hold on to and focus on that. So I have this really cool, this sounds weird. (laughs) I have this really cool rock that has, that fits like perfectly into the palm of my hand and has a perfect spot for my thumb to go on there. And just kind of holding on to that for a few minutes uh, and like rubbing it. It sounds so weird. No, it's uh, literally <laughs> not weird. I have a rock that says um, goddess on it because my sorority fam, it's goddess fam. Yeah. And my gamma mom gave it to me, which is like our big. Yeah. And I used to do that pretty often. I actually don't know where I put it since we've moved. I need to find it because I do need some grounding oh, girl, as well. Yeah. But no, I, I hold on. I used to hold on to the rock all the time. Like when I was like it is. anxious I think it's or just, whatever. Yeah. But like the way of like describing it, I think that's what, that's what I was feeling weird with. I'm like, I'm just holding a rock and rubbing <laughs> it. <laughs> no, I mean, it sounds weird to some people. But no, I totally have the same thing. So I totally understand what you're saying. Like just having that thing to like hold on to. Because you know anxiety, it's like. Sometimes it's good to just have something that you can actually feel that's real to like try yeah. to distract you from that. Um, I'm definitely. not a mental health professional though, so like nobody take, uh, yeah, no, take me. Yeah, no, I'm that. not either. I've just, <laughs> I've, uh, I've been in therapy for a hot second, which like honestly I think is something that a lot of people could benefit for. Like even if you're just like, oh, I don't have any mental health issues. I feel like everything's fine. Like trust me, being able to talk to somebody uh, about like anything that might stress you out or just kind of just talk through life. Like it is so very helpful. And like even therapists see therapists just because they're able, like they have to talk things out. But I've been very lucky to have uh, a different barrage of therapists that have attacked, uh, all of my different anxieties and everything in different ways and have taught me some great, great skills and uh they've just been able to see like I've been able to see my personal growth so having therapy having those skills that I learned because of it um and just kind of knowing when to stop definitely is how I handle my scandal (laughs) 
I love that. I don't think anyone, maybe, I would have to listen to all the other episodes again, but I don't think this has ever come up of just like knowing when to just put everything down and be like, you know what? That's going to be there tomorrow and we can deal with it tomorrow. I'm a big proponent of this as well. Um, My mom, she's definitely one of those people who like will not go to bed until everything that has to be done is done. But then she also admits like there's literally always something to be done, right? So if you're waiting till everything is done to go to bed, like you're just setting yourself up for failure because it's literally never going to be done. Exactly. So I really appreciate (laughs) you sharing that piece of advice because I think, you know, with I especially think with like the type of people that would listen to my podcast and like, you know, our circle of friends, like. There's so many go-getters who are just go, 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 like do everything. And I think it's really important to know when to just be like, all right, that's going to be there tomorrow and I'm going to hang it up and we're going to deal with it when we deal with it. I I really appreciate you sharing that. Of course. Yeah. And also therapy. I barely started seeing someone last semester and my wellness just like it multiplied like immensely. Like I have never felt it's such a good place as I did last semester and this semester too. I'm still seeing the same person. Um, virtually but you know just as you mentioned having somebody to just talk to like even if it's not mental health related just like hey I'm having a really shitty week and I need somebody to talk to who's not my friend because you don't want to be the friend that's always like complaining to your friends right especially like as law students I don't like I don't get to see my oh, well, man. I mean, like <laughs> we're, we're all going through the same struggles. Like we yeah, can't complain to like each law other. School friends, <laughs> but then also like your non-law school friends, you don't want to be the person that every time you, I mean, you don't have really that much time to always, well, I speaking for myself, I don't get to see my <laughs> non-law school friends as often as I did when I wasn't in law school. So it's like, I don't totally. want every time I'm seeing them, me catching them up on like my woe is me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think that's a good uh, yeah. way to be a friend. So having that person to talk to, to just like, get it all out and then like validate you that you're not like you know like these are normal things or if it's not like having them having like the tools you need to like get over that I actually just talked about um one of my therapy sessions not in depth but like one of them in my last episode I was talking about like some really good advice my therapist gave me with dealing with this whole COVID-19 chaos so yeah (laughs) I just think it's really important like if you can't afford it I mean obviously we could have a whole nother episode on like therapy being affordable or whatever but if you can't afford it, I think it's a really good resource to utilize to handle your scandal for sure. And I'm glad that you brought it up because I don't think yeah, totally. anyone has. <laughs> uh, I've, it's definitely something that I've uh, tried to be really open about just because I know it took me a good while to get to the point where I felt comfortable enough to admit that I needed to go to therapy. Um, and then just going through it, I'm like, hey, this is really helpful for me like my I feel like my personality like I have grown so much within a year and it's just it's beneficial for everyone so if you have the means to do it I definitely recommend doing it please try not to use your friends as therapist I was that Ooh, friend girl, say who... that part again, <laughs> do, do do not use your friends as therapists because I was that friend that was used as a therapist and let me tell you your friends have stuff that they're going through and they can't handle <laughs> your scandal you need to handle your own scandal <laughs> listen that's gonna be definitely that's gonna be part of the quote because i just <laughs> i i feel so bad because it's like you want to be a good friend right but it's like i don't have the tools to help you i didn't like i tell people all the time like i'm in school to be an attorney 
and I'm not even that yet. Like I definitely am not in school to be a therapist. I don't have what you need. Like obviously there's like this line of like friends bent to each other, right? But it's like once in a while type thing. It's not like a every time I talk to you, you're telling me about this problem and you're asking me for advice. Like, I don't know, girl. I don't even know what I'm doing with my own life. <laughs> right? Like venting, totally fine. Like you said, happening once in a while. But like if you're trying to have me fix your life and I'm like, listen, my life's in shambles. So I don't even know how to help you. Like uh, there definitely are boundaries boundaries are a huge thing that's another thing that I've uh learned with therapy but like we can get into that a different time (laughs) but yeah know your boundaries you're not a therapist for your friend you're a friend so vent but like if it gets to the point where you're being overwhelmed know how to say like hey like I know you're going through a tough time but listen this is something that I'm not equipped to deal with or help you with say it in a nicer way than I probably just did but you know you get the gist (laughs) I mean hey it's hard sometimes to find the perfect words to say something (laughs) so definitely try to figure out how to do it but I definitely agree with that and I need to stop saying definitely because if I made definitely into a drinking game on this podcast (laughs) I would kill all of my listeners everyone everyone (laughs) would have just died in the past five minutes (laughs) everyone would die like literally anyways but no you bring up valid points and i do appreciate your advice so just for anyone who maybe needs a recap danny says to know when to stop you know things are going to be there and you know therapy is just super important and having boundaries is super important I think that those are really good lessons for handling your scandal for sure. Um, one more thing before we wrap it up, just because yeah. we're, we're getting a little lengthy and we could obviously talk forever. But, yeah. <laughs> um, what are your goals for this month? This is the first episode of May. I also forgot to say, but first episode of May. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, so I'm really glad that you touched on therapy. But aside from that, what are some goals that you have for the month of May? So a couple of my goals are once finals are over, which is going to be the biggest hurdle, I have a book that I want to finish reading and a second book that I want to start reading. Um, It's very rare to have time to read for leisure while in law school. So that's something that I definitely want to do. And then I'm also planning on doing some paintings over the summer. Kind of like I did over winter break, just kind of let my creativity flow. Um, And yeah, just still focusing on myself (laughs) well that's great i'm super excited to see these paintings because i already told you i wanted to see them (laughs) and i'm glad that you get to have time to leisure read i do want to get back into leisure reading as well once summer starts but uh, it's just so hard when you associate books with like school (laughs) right such Um, a boring concept to read for fun (laughs) right but no thank you so much for coming onto the podcast danny i really appreciate you your friendship your appearance on this podcast and your perspective you know we all have different perspectives and i think this is just a really good perspective to hear from you so yeah thanks for coming yeah thank you for having me this was a lot of fun just being able to talk about life (laughs) for sure so if y'all want to follow her on social media her handle is um i'm gonna just let you spell it out danny if you want (laughs) oh goodness so verbally it's danny lion um it's a pun on dandelion i hope everybody appreciates that i appreciate Appreciate that (laughs) um so it is at all, everything's lowercase, so at D-A-N-I underscore L-I-O-N underscore. 
So that's Dandelion. That is on the Instagrams. That's on the Twitter. A lot of my accounts are private, but honestly, if you if you follow me, I'll follow you back because we like friends. Yes, we love a good network. <laughs> yes. But yeah, thank you once again, Danny, for coming onto the podcast. I appreciate you. I hope that you have a good final season. I hope you oh, get goodness, you too. <laughs> all the passes for us um, at Boyd, and I hope that Lee Business School gives you the grades that are also, you know, the grades that you want. But yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in. As always, I appreciate you being here. Please subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, leave a review if you want. I mean, I would appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. Y'all have a good rest of your day and make sure to handle your scandal.